Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. It is good to be back, partner. I missed your moss. I appreciate that. It's good to be back hey, with Black and Abdallah. Hey, and it's always interesting working with others. You know, Tyler Key, I had in here the first day. Yeah. Shay Norling yesterday. Thank you to Shay. Yeah. Thank you to Tyler for Both helping guys out. did a yeman's work. Thank yeoman's you for uh, pinch hitting. And, and man, I tell you. You all right? Oof. Yeah. It It'll was, take it out of you, huh? It was a, uh, yeah. Now, just so you know. You Influenza tested. A for yeah, me. Well, yeah. that's it. You tested three times. You uh, took a COVID-19 test. No COVID-19. No COVID. Nothing. Influenza Zero. A. Influenza A. Yeah. That's it. And it knocked me on my ass. Sickest yeah. I've been in 20 years. Well, I mean, that's what the flu did to people. Yeah, it still does. It, it would knock you on your ass. It's yeah. brutal. Why, uh, why it disappeared all of a sudden, nobody knows. But it's brutal. welcome back, Influenza. No. How no. about that? I don't want welcome back influenza, but uh, well, it I was mean, brutal. welcome back anyway. Uh, yeah. we, we've missed you. I uh, I don't wish uh, the forty eight hours of Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I don't wish on uh, you know you don't wish on your worst enemy. It was that I, I bad. Mean, like, give me a combination. Were you throwing up at all? Uh, Just a, a deep little cough? bit, but it was mostly. How about the Hershey squirts? No, nope. anything no of that Hershey coming squirts. out the other end. It was uh, just body aches body and aches? fever. It was a, te- a fever anywhere from one hundred one to one hundred three for thirty straight hours. Yeah, that's a big fever. It was brutal. A fever, and the only yeah. prescription is, is definitely cowbell. not more cowbell. So it was rough, uh, but I I appreciate the the help and uh, picking up the slack around here, so uh, it's great to be back, though. And, and I'll um, take care of you tonight, kid. Yeah, and Yurko is going to, just real quick here, we got uh, some interesting Bears news we got to get to, but... Yeah, we have to. Tonight is the final Whiskey U of the year, but uh, the good kid is going to pinch hit. They're calling um, in Trevor Hoffman. So... Listen, bringing in the big right-hander. That's right. I like how you go the Trevor reliever. Hoffman. Well, I mean, why not? He's a reliever, yeah, I think right? He does have the most saves he's of all time. He's a Hall of Famer, right? I'll pass him. I don't know. Um, either way, I mean, I saw way. something on Trevor Hoffman yesterday throwing a circle change, I and how he adjusted his grip. So I figured I'd throw a Trevor Hoffman out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, they, they called in the handsome right-hander. That's so right. if you were planning on going... To Sovereign for the final Whiskey U of the Year at Plainfield tonight. Go. Special treat. I'm not going to be there, but you will be. two weeks in a row. Special treat. You'll be in capable hands. And you're in my corner. You're in my corner. We're dealing with something I'm somewhat familiar with. Canadian rye. That's right. Canadian rye whiskey. So Yurko's going to keep you company at Sovereign tonight. Still go. Still have a great time. Come on out, guys. Yeah. 630 to 830. I'll give you some picks like Carmen does all the time. Red hot Carmen and Mike North are. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't red hot last weekend, but it's been a red hot year for the red most part. Red hot year. I mean, expand expand the time zone then, my friend. That's what I like Go to back do. to when you were red hot so you yeah. can claim red hot again. Last weekend, not as much, but in most uh, weeks this year, yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah. So, great to be back. Uh, there is some breaking Bears news. Yannick Ngakwe is done for the year. How Just, the hell does that happen, Carl? Oh, well, this is uh, Matt Eberflus. When he gave the update, he is on IR. This was the coach a little earlier. Uh, so uh, Yannick Ngakwe is uh, going to IR. Uh, it broke his ankle. And uh, it's uh, a season ending, so it will not be uh, back this season. Uh, we'll still be around the building. And uh, just want to compliment him on him being a true pro uh, all the way through. Really helped our young guys um, you know, the entire year. And uh, just want to really credit him for that. And I really appreciate him being a great teammate. And this was Zebra Flues asked when he got hurt. Very late. 
I don't know the exact play. Um, it was during one of, it was one of our last uh, two minute drives on defense. I said to Yurko when I got in, "When did Ngakwe get hurt?" I can't remember. Yurko said, "I don't remember either. I don't remember seeing no. a stoppage of play. Don't remember him limping off the field no. where it would be noted. It was surprising news." To and me, Adam Amin sure. did the game with Schwarez. I mean, Schwarez, those guys yeah. would be on it, right? Sure. If they saw something, yeah. they would have said something. Yeah, we were not only watching the game; we were listening to the game. I don't even remember. Uh, don't, uh, J- yeah, uh, Jeff Joniak and Thayer even mentioning something like that. Yeah, I, and I was thinking as I watched the game Sunday, and I, and I rewatched it Monday. I was thinking about Ngakwe. He he looked like he's got an extra pep in his step a little bit with Montez well, yeah. Sweat on the other I side. Mean, you know, like, yeah. of course that'd be like me coming out into the field with uh, McMichael, Reggie White, and Sean Jones. A little pep in the step. You know, you come out there, you look, whoa, look, things are going to get a little bit easier here Absolutely. today. Absolutely, It's not like when I'm the premier pass rusher and another guy comes walking out, he's disappointed. Absolutely. No, with Montez there, you know, Yannick's like, whoa, I got another year of being a mercenary somewhere else. If I can get this total up here in the final couple of weeks up to 9-10. Just when he started playing with that yeah, extra little pep. and to get hot. Especially when he gets to sort of play off of someone else. Like, I, I thought he had a really strong game the other day, and that's a bummer for a pass rush that was finally coming together because of the addition of Montez. Next man up, Carm. I'm sorry. I mean, that's the way it's got to be. When you get injured in the NFL, you become invisible. Mm. You walk through the locker room, and nobody wants to even say anything to you. Not even a good morning or a how are you, how you feeling, nothing. You're hurt. You can't help the team. You know, guys that are, are still playing and still healthy don't want any of that bad injury mojo on them either. Yeah. Go to the training room, get your treatment, and get the hell out of Dodge. I hate to be that rude and hate to be that cold, but that's so, the way it is, so brother. So who picks up that slack? I mean, where does that oh, I mean, continue 94, pass rush come 94. from? 94. 94. 94. 95 has got to come in. 99. Your guy's yeah. starting to play better. He is a little I'll bit, but you. he's coming from the interior. That's true, but Gervin still. Dexter. He's going to get there. I'm he, telling you. kid's starting to play. Yeah. Pickens is playing. How about little Jones, 93, the kind of the forgotten man? Fresh as a daisy, probably with limited reps. Gets a sack and a half last week. Yeah, a stunting, a little stunt work. They're, they're finally looking a little smoother on the stunt stuff. So yeah, and when does hacks happen in the NFL? Kyle? Well, it also happens when you have when you two get touchdowns. Pin your ears fourth back quarter, and... two touchdowns. Pin your ears back. That's true. Didn't I tell you? If you're never in the lead, how the hell are you going to get sacks? Yep. That's a good point. It's not point. easy when you got to play the run and the pass. That's a good point. But when you're only playing the pass, and then and, and you see this technique. Look at this. Look at this. To everybody on Twitch. You know what that technique is right there? I'm going to show you. Well, it's not I'm in Hawaii having a good time. No. No, I'm not doing the luau. Uh-uh-uh. It's like. No, that's the jet technique. The jet technique. Jet technique. Taking off. Jet. I don't care about the run. If they want to run the ball down the field, good luck to them. When you get in a jet technique in the fourth quarter, when you are up, that means let's go kill the quarterback. Mm. It's kill the quarterback time. Kill the quarterback. KGB. Kill the quarterback. <laughs> That's what that. you want to do here. It is time to kill the quarterback. Time to kill the quarterback and rack up the sacks. It's like the seafood buffet. This is time to go ahead and get your lobster, get your king crab legs, get a big uh, dollop of butter, pour it in there so you can soak everything in there. You're at the seafood buffet. What do I need? A TFL? Do I need a sack? Do I need some pressures? Batted balls? That's what you're looking for. 
I know what a big fan of batted balls you are. Oh, batted I said balls. batted, not batted. battered balls. Batted. You're, you're also no much. You're a big fan of battered not balls much. too. What no. are those called out in Denver? What are, what are they got? Uh, the, lamb are, fries. Yeah, they're called something special out there. I think they call them lamb fries. Oh man. Uh, so what's Hello. the general mood been? Like uh, five and eight. I, I think the mood is in the hut. I T H. Kind of, sort in of. In the hut, not kind of, sort of. Actually uh, listed. A lot would have to. A lot would have to go right. What I mean, a right. lot. They're one game behind. Yeah. Right. They're one game behind. They lose most tiebreakers in head to heads. That's the problem. Right. You're going to lose tiebreakers in head to heads. I've done a schedule analysis with you know, like the uh, L.A. Rams and the New Orleans Saints. You know, teams right. that are that out are there. In the... Atlanta. You could put a loss on Atlanta anyway, but nothing matters, Carm. Uh, this is what I like to tell people. Nothing matters until you go handle your business in Cleveland. Atlanta, Arizona, none of it matters if you don't handle your business in Cleveland. Arizona, Atlanta matter at home in the cold, okay, if you win. Right. It only matters if you win. Yeah, you kind of have to win. If you don't beat Cleveland, none of it matters. It's idle rhetoric, and then you're trying to get to eight. But any victory in these final four, the one victory I absolutely have to have is a victory over the Green Bay Packers on January 7th. I'm not going to sit here and try to feed everybody, oh, my God, great things are going to happen for the Chicago Bears. They're going to win four games in a row. It's a possibility. It's there. It would be six in a row at the end of the season. But nothing matters until you beat the Cleveland Browns. Now, if you can't beat Cleveland, the victory I want that's the most important of all of them, even if you get three in a row at the end, is the victory against the Green Bay Packers. That is a must-have for me. Yeah, but this weekend... It's a must-have. This weekend really... uh... A loss this weekend would kind of end it. It puts you, you know, short of being able to get to nine. Like, a loss yeah. this weekend would end the hopes. Oh, yeah. It would end yeah, they crash a- and any idea that you'd because be in the hunt. you lose any and all tiebreakers. Yeah. Any and all tiebreakers you lose. At eight, nine, there's no way in hell you're going to win a tiebreaker. Uh, no, there's no, no way. No, you're, you're not going yeah. to. You're three yeah. and three within you're, your own you're division. Not gonna, yeah. Head to heads, you'd be at the best one and ones against, yeah. you know, every team in your own division. Uh, it won't happen. You, you lose out against New Orleans. You know, it's it, it just not going to be there for you. They have a winnable game again this weekend. Every game they have from here on out is winnable, as we've discussed. But they have a very winnable game against a Browns team that I guess you might say tip your cap eight and five playing with their fourth quarterback. Like, that's not nothing, right? To get to eight and five with four quarterbacks, PJ Walker, Joe Flacco, like, it is kind of amazing. They've lost their two starting tackles. So maybe you tip your cap a little. It's probably thanks to the strength of that defense in that running game, even without Nick Chubb, that's allowed Cleveland to stay in this position. But to be 8-5 and in the five seed in the AFC, playing with fourth quarterback, and considering how bad most of the quarterback play has been, even earlier in the year when Deshaun Watson wasn't playing great, I mean, right when he started playing well is when he got hurt. Um, And look, Flacco's been fine. Flacco's kind of been Flacco. The two games he's played... Five touchdowns, two interceptions. He's completing 55% of his passes. Um, but he's getting in the end zone. He's getting him in the end zone. Like his in the his end quarterback zone. rating in the two games he's played is 83.8 for his career. It's 84. He's sort of been Joe he Flacco. Is who he is. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, the Jaguars won the advanced box score in that game. They turned it over four times. Yeah. They won the advanced box score. Can the Bears go do something similar and protect the football and win in Cleveland? A hundred percent. Absolutely. 
Like Jayville, I, you know, we say could. You're going to have to wait till sure. Friday for the keys to the uh, to the Bears wait. victory. Brought to you by Verdoliac Law Group. I can't wait. Eight four 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 VLG Law. Um, you know, I know it can be silly in the afterwards to say like, well, you know, Jayville really should have won that game. Well, they didn't. Okay, and that's on Jayville. They've got their own issues to clean up to worry about. They do, but they won the advanced box score, and they probably like should have won that game if you just didn't do stupid things and turn the ball over. And. Sorry, I got a little <clears throat> residual cough. Yeah, it's all right. And if Trevor Lawrence weren't, you know, having some miscommunication with his receivers, there, there's probably a very clear path to Jacksonville winning that game. The Bears can do something similar is all I'm saying, the way they're playing right yeah, now. Yeah, and they're going to do it the way they play complimentary <laughs> football, Carm. And I, yeah. I hate when he says it, only because the Bears weren't doing it. But the Bears are playing complimentary football. What does that mean? Good defense, forces turnovers, an offense that's going to run the ball primarily, but is, is, is exceptional in third downs. Yeah. And the only reason they're exceptional in third downs, and, 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 and people are going to hate this, but I don't care, is because Justin Fields has an ability to get away from the rush and create first downs out of absolutely losing situations. And only a running quarterback or a guy that's mobile enough is able to do that. And that's what Justin Fields does give you. He gives you ability to get that third down that looks like you're dead in the water, and he finds the escapability. It's yeah. what does make him dynamic. That's true. It doesn't make him special at the quarterback position unless you start to, what's the word I'm looking for? Unless you start to redefine quarterbacking in the NFL. Mm. If you start to redefine quarterbacking in the NFL... And that's the way you want to play football, and that's what you want to rely upon. Then they've got something. Yeah, well, I don't know if you can either, but I'm just letting you know it's a possibility if that's the way you decide you're going to play offensive football. The Bears have the seventh best third down percentage in the league. They're going up against the defense. That's number one. Yeah. On third down. So we'll see how that plays out on Sunday. 312-332-3776. We're going to talk to Courtney Cronin at uh, 1235. Justin Fields meets the media at 115. We'll carry that live. We'll take your Bears calls. Want to talk Bulls. Jokic getting tossed last night. How about that? Yeah, terrible. Uh, all of Northwest Indiana was just well, I think everybody, taken I mean, asunder. The, they, just, they, they were waiting for... You know, their guy to come in there and, and, and play. The fans were booing. And it didn't happen for them. Uh, Draymond got tossed. That one was much more deserving in the nightcap of the doubleheader on TNT. Imagine if you're my guy, Sasha Vukash, and he decides to go ahead and spend $275 on a ticket, and he goes to the game to see his guy, his fellow countryman, and what happens? I want to talk about he that. He gets booted. Up. I do. I do want to talk about that. And then uh, Courtney will join us live with a report from House at 1235. It's good to be back. Carmen and York, and we'll return in a moment. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. What was that booed last night at the United Center when a player in the opposition got tossed? Now, that only happens in uh, sort of rare special occasions, right, York? The player in question must be a big draw. And the Joker's a big draw. Oh, he is. He is, especially. I mean, when I think about where the Serbian community is, northwest Indiana, and you get up into Kenosha County and Racine up there, you've got uh, large contingents, believe it or not. Not only for the contingent of, you know, maybe Serbian Americans that were there that wanted to see it, 
Just as a basketball fan in general, if I had paid to go see that game last night, and I'm a diehard Bulls fan, the minute, well, I'm not Serbian, the minute Joker gets tossed, I'm pissed. Yeah, you're a little upset. Especially for something relatively innocuous. Look, he he gets into a fight, uh, and he starts swinging, and guys, you know, okay, all right, well, Joker got carried away, and he's getting... Right, time for, to give him for, the boot. For maybe saying something to an official, I mean, what, what could he have possibly said? And it didn't even look like he was really going after the official all that much. And that's what's uh, bizarre about it. And these officials have to do a better job knowing that in a situation last night, Western Conference team in the East, he's making one trip here. One trip. <laughs> and you can't <clears throat> run him from that game unless it's something... So egregious. And it just didn't seem to be that egregious. So shame on the officials. You got to have a little bit more common sense, right? You got to be in the here and now a little bit more. Uh, I can't imagine what he would have said that would have deserved an ejection when the guy's making his only visit to Chicago for the year. So come on, be smart. Nobody that paid for a ticket last night, whether you're a Bulls fan or otherwise, whether you're Serbian or not, the one thing you wanted was to see Joker. Sure. That's what you wanted to see. And Jamal Murray didn't play. So, you know, that's the other thing to remember. Yeah. The other superstar player on that team didn't play. So you already go into it sort of feeling... Like you're being... Yeah, yeah. like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. My ticket's not... But at least Jokic is going to be there. at least Joke... He is the draw. And without the two, the the Bulls could never really get within 10 in the second half. They never really were within 10 points, right? Uh, if, they, if they brought it down to seven, yeah, that's about it, it was quickly back out to 11 right away. Yeah. You know, they, they, never, they never really looked stressed, the Denver Nuggets, in the second half of yesterday's game. A rare sports night for Johnny the Good Kid, by the way. Why was it a rare sports night? I sat and watched the Bulls game and the Blackhawks game. Oh, yeah. Because it was right after. Right after. So it's a rare night where I sat and I enjoyed... Both of the teams that play at uh, on Madison, yeah, that uh, you know c- cohabitate over at the United Center. Mm-hmm. I usually don't take time out of my busy schedule to watch either one of these two flailing, failing they, franchises. They are flailing, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I watched them both too. Two miserable franchises, but because it kind of suited up on a non NFL night, a Tuesday night, right? I said, you know what? I got myself a little hot cocoa, some chocolate, and said I, I made some popcorn. And I sat down and I watched both of the games on a, on a, on a wintry Tuesday night. Yeah. I, I think that's how uh, both these teams should be presented. Same nights, opposite parts of the country. Yeah. One in Canada, or one here. Continent. Yeah. And, and just put them, boom, put them here. Back to back. Back to back so I can enjoy them both in one night. The NHL really played up the uh, Connor versus Connor thing oh, last they did. night. The yeah. first Connor. Yeah. Bedard versus Connor McDavid. It was one of the marquee games of the night for ESPN. Uh, and, and both, I, I guess you'd say, delivered. Bedard's goal was spectacular. And it's what makes you excited about him. The Hawks have a long way to go, though. And when you say they're a flailing team, you know, they yeah, played I mean, four rookie defensemen last night. I, I, good I good luck you. to you. I you know, but you. at least Bedard. Remember the prediction I made with the Blackhawks how many years it's going to take? <laughs> When oh, Bedard it's be turns while, right? 21, that'll be the first time I expect them to win games. Yeah, and that's three years from now. Yeah, so it's going to take time. That'll tell you. This this roster is is, is full of wow. Yeah, you know? it's not very well. Not only is it full of wow, it's 
It's full of guys that aren't going to matter as much when they are good, and it's full of young guys. Yes. I mean, when you play four rookie defensemen, right? I think uh, PB texted us that. Four rookie defensemen. Y- yikes. I, good luck to you against yeah. a team like Edmonton that's finally figured it out. And when your I mean, top Edmonton guy, ripped off like eight straight wins. When your top guy Seth Jones. Yeah, it's... L- Look out anyway. Like, when Murphy and Seth are your top two, and then there's yeah. four rookies. I mean, holy yeah. cow. Look like, up. When yeah. those guys are the ones you're really but going man, on. ESPN went, uh, they went to town with the Connor versus Connor. But it's good. The NHL needs that kind of marketing, you know? One of my buddies that's a college official is now chastising me. He goes, I know I'm a college official, and I'm biased. But about the Jokic situation. Oh, was he think that that was fair or just? To throw Joker out in that situation? He goes, are you expecting the refs to put up with the BS that Joker was giving him? But what BS did he give him? I mean, uh, he probably dropped an MF on him. He probably lambasted with an MF. I got two college officials that are down at the local country club by me. And uh, high-level officials. So it's, yeah, like, you know, college, college, officials, college basketball. They had, how much... BS, do you expect them to take is what he's saying. A fair amount. I don't mind. I, I kind Old of, JS would like to call in and and, and, and give it to us if I, that's what he's I, I expect them to be of. able to take a fair amount, especially goes, when he comes to town once. If you mention me, take it easy on me. I won't mention you to protect the innocent. That's all I'm going to do, just so he knows. When the guy comes to town once. Yeah, uh, you want to see him play. Yeah. That's exactly right. Again, he's as big of a draw right. in the league right now as anyone, isn't he? Right. Now, Joker's like one listen, of the biggest draws in the league. Even if the Lakers came here and the the fantastically Hollywood flopping LeBron James, it flopped so bad that you wanted to give him a technical and inject him out of the ball game, I would be disappointed. Right. Because if I got a ticket to see that game, I'd want to see LeBron James play. You know what I'm saying? Yes. 100%. So that, 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 that's it. You want to see the stars play. Honest to heavens, I saw Michael Jordan. I saw Michael Jordan against the Milwaukee Bucks play a, a horrible game. I think he only had 13 points. Which is like for Michael. But at least he played. Yeah. And this is, oh, God, I forget exactly when it was. But for him, that was a terrible game. Terrible. Michael didn't have many of those. But it was the Bucks he was playing. The so, good Bucks? Like late 80s, good mid to late 80s Mon good Creef, Bucks? Moncrief, Bridgman, Creef, that, that, that crew. crew yeah. yeah, the great Paul McKeskey. They're a pretty good team. The most handsome man in the NBA, <laughs> Paul yeah, McKeskey. Not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the, the, the late game saw an ejection that was very warranted in Justin. Draymond just can't help himself. Just can't help himself, Yerk. And uh, it feels like that team is kind of slip-sliding away here. I, I guess it'd be totally, maybe it'd be foolish to completely count them out. Because they've got some championship medal, but uh, there are issues with that Golden State Warriors team. And Draymond is not doing them any favors with the kind of nonsense that he pulled last night. Now, th- that's a just uh, ejection, obviously. Adam is in Wheaton on ESPN 1000. What's up, Adam? Hey, guys. So, I actually do a... Uh, I ref an umpire part-time. So, um, I get where the refs are coming from. Uh what they did to Joker is com- completely fine. It is all on him. The issue is, and why it is, is because I was doing a championship baseball game, and the one of the hitters didn't like the way it was going, so he's walking back to the dugout after we made a bad call, or he thinks we did and looked at the home plate umpire and said, 
what what f bomb game are you watching? And then with no hesitation, he just ejected him out of the championship game. And then he continued to chirp from the dugout, and he ejected him off of the field and off the premises. So whatever the refs did with Joker, they, they don't have to take they don't have to take their stuff at all. Okay, I, 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 all right, Adam. I, well, he, I, he I, did. I, would think I think that officials it, have a. The, admittingly, he he he. This, this took is blame. the NBA. Listen, dude. he did take blame. No, I know. Yeah, he said. Listen, he goes. I said what I said. I, right. If I get ejected, I got ejected. That's the way it works. I, my point is, this is the NBA. Uh, this is. There's, <laughs> there's entertainment. Uh, that we're talking about here. There are people paying money to go see right. meaningless in-season tournaments. Meaningless in-season <laughs> tournaments in Vegas. You know, it's now not... there's something meaningful, meaningful right. that comes right. to the city of Chicago. This is very meaningful. The the the, the champions, the NBA champions, coming the one time. They're only going to be here. I think most... and some rabbit-eared official. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, right. a rabbit-eared official decides I've had enough today. And goodbye. Lock and and good night. Part of the responsibility, I would think, of an NBA official or any official for that matter, especially in this situation, in a, in a league where people do come out to see these individual stars on these, on these certain teams, and when he's only here once, that it would be incumbent upon a professional NBA ref, I guess, to be able to take a little bit of that, knowing this is the only time the fans in Chicago will see the Joker play. I guess you should just certain guys should get a little bit more should get a little bit more of a leash. Well, like like LeBron gets, like Michael got, yeah. right, right. Yeah, you think Michael never cursed yeah. at a ref? Like Kobe, you, th- you think nobody's chewing anybody out? You ever get dressed down a- a- on the floor by LeBron James? You ever yeah. see it? Oh, I've seen it a million times. Yeah, so. the histrionics. But he gets the benefit of the doubt. Why? Because he's the star of the game. Well, Joker should get the benefit of the doubt. That's he what might I'm be saying. the biggest star in the game right now. Courtney Cronin will join us coming up next with a Bears update. And uh, more on what happened with Yannick Ngakwe, who's done for the year with an ankle injury on IR. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Back to work Wednesday at Hallis. Bears go to Cleveland in Week 15 as three-point underdogs against the 8-5 and five Browns. Boy, who could have imagined when we started this season that it would be Justin Fields versus Joe Flacco Sunday. I know Browns fans couldn't have envisioned it. Let's get out to the CarX Tire and Auto guest hotline. Bring in Courtney Cronin for her weekly visit with Carmen and Yurko. Make sure you follow her on X at Courtney R. Cronin. And Courtney, thanks as always for hopping on the news of the day. And it's significant just when that pass rush was getting hot with the addition of Montez Sweat. I, I thought Ngakwe just looked better and more engaged here for obvious reasons uh, in, in recent games. And now the news today that Yannick Ngakwe is done for the year. When the heck did he get hurt? So it was the run play on second and five. Like, if you go back and look, it was designated in the game book. So Mm. 7.45 remaining in the fourth quarter, he goes to the sideline. He doesn't come back in. From what I remember, you didn't see the injury tent pop up at any point. I think he just kind of went to the sideline and, you know, took himself out of the game because he had a broken ankle. But there was no injury designation. So that's interesting. I mean, they had more than enough time to give one, at least, like, 
doubtful, out for the rest of the game, whatever it was, but they chose not to for some reason. And then on Monday was the first time that we got any hint of anything from Matt Eberflus when he said that Ngakwe has an ankle injury and that they would evaluate it. But a considerable blow, and I know he wasn't their best pass rusher. Certainly that belongs to Montez Sweat, but he was leading a team in sacks. And you're right, Carm, he was playing a lot better since the arrival of Montez Sweat in Week 9. I mean, the entire pass rush has been better. So when you lose another horse up front, I mean, having two, it just shows you kind of that's the formula across the league that you've got to follow because when one guy draws, you know, double teams, you might get chipped by a tight end. That usually frees up your other pass rusher to to get into the backfield and get to the quarterback. How are they going to compensate now for somebody who was second on the team in pressures with 34, the four sacks, which is a career low for him in 13 games, but he was trending in the right direction in terms of like his play, and now they're going to have to figure out how to how to replicate that elsewhere so this thing doesn't go back to the way it was before Sweat got here. Right, the one man, uh, you know, what, like one person to worry about kind of thing. Like, yeah. It always says next man up. Who is that next man at that point or at well, this point? Well, I think I, Rasheem Green, like for, for all that we know about his Seattle career and his time in Houston as well, I mean, the guy's had a pretty effective career that is haven't used him um, as such, and that's because they had their two guys ahead of him. And even Demarcus Walker, who's seen his playing time go down just a little bit since the sweat arrival, those two are probably the most obvious answer as far as filling that void at pass rusher. I don't buy the Dominique Robinson thing. He's been inactive since week nine. If you were good enough to play, then you wouldn't be one of the inactives. And I don't know how much progress he's made as a pass rusher this season, uh, considering there's been what, six, five, six games now since that he hasn't played. But they are saying that he's going to be in the mix there. And it'll, I'll be curious to see what they do, you know, with some of the inside-outside pressure that they're trying to generate. I mean, the, you know, Matt Eberflus mentioned this will be more snaps for Jervon Dexter. Well, obviously, Jervon Dexter is not going to be rushing off the edge, but what does that do to the interior? What does that do to their plan on first and second down before they get to that obvious passing situation in third down? And they're going to have to, you know, get creative. I know he was joking like, again, I'll reiterate that. He was joking when he said he's going to blitz every single play. I think that sometimes we need to reiterate that because um, people run with things that they shouldn't. But they're going to have to bring pressure through the blitz uh, probably more heavily, at least to, until they get, like, their footing because Joe Flacco can beat you a lot of different ways. I know that it's, like, this running joke, a 34-year-old guy, like, straight off the couch and into the game, 38-year-old. Um but he threw for over 300 yards last week, and he looked really good, all things considered. So to be able to, to make a guy who has seen everything throughout his career, it has spanned over a decade, you're going to have to get creative in how you attack the quarterback. And that offensive line did a pretty good job protecting him last week against, um, against a defensive front that's got Josh Allen on, and a really good one in that in Jacksonville. Speaking of uh, offensive lines, the Bears' offensive line uh, had a tough test last week and uh, gave up a handful of sacks. But the guy that had the toughest test was Nate Davis. Boy, he really struggled in that game. Uh, is is Nate going to be able to turn around this week? Usually we're yelling at Lucas Patrick, but this week it's Nate Davis. Yeah, I I noticed that. I think that, honestly, every week we've had this conversation. The O-line's been shaky at points and the sacks. And, you know, there's some sacks that, you know, the second one you think about when Justin Fields held on the ball for 6.2 seconds Crazy. and took a nine-yard loss. Like, that's on him. Yes. But 100%. by and large, the other ones were the byproduct of either a missed 
missed uh, blitz pickup. That was the um, what's the, the guy with the hyphenated name? I'll never get it right. Maben People, Jones. Yeah, Peoples. Oh no, that's the wide receiver. <laughs> that's the wide receiver. Whatever the free rusher that like you see Nate Davis and. Lucas Patrick trying to block on the right side, and Roshan Johnson didn't know who he should pick yeah, up. Yeah, he was right in the middle, uh, bothering both of the offensive linemen. <laughs> Rashton, yeah, I mean, there were, there were, those, yeah. There were so, those sorts of miscommunication things, and you like, you'd like to hope that, at least for Nate Davis, that some of those pressures that he allowed were the byproduct of you know miscommunication. But it's been weeks now since he's been back in the rotation full-time, and I don't know. I'm not a firm believer that, like, all of a sudden it's going to magically get better here the final uh, four games of the season. Not against that Jim Schwartz defense when they are so creative with the way that they align Miles Garrett, the way that they create pressure up front. This will be their hardest test. I mean, it's number one defense in the NFL for a reason, and that's going to be putting a lot of stress on this offensive line and make sure that any sort of gaffes like the one that we saw in the first half last week don't happen again. I know you guys, I mean, Justin's talking in like 30 minutes, and we'll carry it live where you're home for the Bears, but how much, um, you know, do you think, how much of what happened in his first ever start in Cleveland, which was an absolute disaster on so many levels, and so unfair to Justin, Courtney, I mean, it really was, uh, how much of that you think kind of, I don't know, is part of uh, like his process this week, going back to Cleveland to make a start, in which he's so much better than he was back then. I think the situation, believe it or not, is better for uh, the Bears right now. But how much do you think is like rolling around in the back of his head about what happened the last time he faced Miles Garrett in this football team? I'm sure it. It's not you know, it's not probably front of mind, but it's not also like a thought that's so far in the distance. He was sacked nine. Nine times in that game. Oof. I think Miles Garrett got him for six. I think it was I, four. I thought it was four or like four and a half. I think. I think he had four and a half. It was. And I mean, granted that this offensive line now it's a completely different unit. They don't have a single starter on that offensive line from 2021 that's playing in you know a spot where they were back. That was like a week four or five game. Um, I wasn't covering the team at that point. I was right. covering Minnesota, but I remember right. having a conversation with his father, Pablo Fields, about the first start and just how brutal that was to watch. I mean, Justin was on his back for a majority of that game, and that you know gave Bears fans a chance to see the toughness element. The guy kept getting up, but you've always got to make sure you know where Miles Garrett is. There's a reason. Even when he's playing through – the shoulder injury he currently has, that he's still really, really effective. Yeah. Um, accounting for him, like this would be a day that I would live in max protection, but we've seen that before where they have not done that when it's been an obvious situation against a really dominant pass rusher that that's probably their best plan of attack. But we'll see. I, I think Justin, you know, for how much he's grown from that time till now, that to me is probably like the bigger storyline mm. for his, you know, this, if you want to call it a rematch against Cleveland. But this is a this is the best defense that they're going to face this year. So to gauge how much progress this offense has made, because Detroit is trending in the wrong direction in a lot of different ways, a lot of different categories on defense, whether it's takeaways, whether it's the pressure that they're getting on opposing quarterbacks, whether it's you know limiting explosive plays, whether it's you know being disciplined and not jumping off sides on fourth and thirteen. I don't think you're going to run into any of that with Cleveland. Cleveland's defense plays a hell of a lot better at home. They've got two of their last four games at First Energy Stadium, and they're an eight and five team that's trying to lock up that wild card spot in the um, you know in, in the playoffs as as the second team to come out of the AFC North. But they've got a lot 
a lot on the line here. And they know that that on the other side of that, they can't take this Bears defense lightly with or without Unique and Gakwe in it. Yeah. Six quarterback hits, four and a half sacks that day for Miles Garrett. It was something. It was a bad game plan, a bad look for the Bears that day, and a tough one for Justin. So we'll see. All right, anything else we should know for this week, Courtney? I mean, outside of the Ngakwe injury, they are relatively healthy. Now we're going to see here in a little bit. They had a lighter practice today. So there were a couple guys out there who didn't look like they were doing much uh, when we were when we were out there about half an hour ago. But, you know, health at this point of the season, a lot of teams are trending in the wrong direction in December when you should be playing your best football. If the Bears want to make any sort of push here, like I'm not one of these believers that thinks, okay, a two-game Two games in a row is not a win streak to me. Um, but if they're going to try to buy into the idea that they could somehow back their way into the playoffs here, but the health element is one at least that goes in their favor to get there. Yeah, good point. All right, Courtney, enjoy uh, the rest of the week, and thank you for hopping on. Thanks, guys. Take See care. Ya. There's Courtney Cronin at Courtney R. Cronin on X. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Cleveland, uh, a win here goes a long way towards getting them a little bit more security entering the home stretch for locking up one of those playoff spots. They've been very good at home this year, 6-1 and one straight up, 6-1 and one against the spread, and uh, that defense has been dominant. They've dealt with their fair share of injuries. I mean, Denzel Ward's missed the last couple of weeks. We told you they're down two offensive linemen. They're two starting tackles. Uh, always a war of attrition in the league, especially this time of year. The Ngakwe news, not good for the Bears, but other than that, mostly healthy, which is good going into week 15. 312-332-3776 is the number if you want to ring us up. It's Carmen in York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. All right, rolling along. Good to be back. Carmen and York will cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie in about an hour. Justin Fields will meet the media at 115. Give or take, we'll carry it live here in your home for Bears football. Black and Abdallah on tonight after Waddle and Sylvie. You can catch the boys 6 until 8. Uh, let's go to Ryan in Dallas. What's going on, Ryan? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Um, so right now, with the number one pick, are we are we still taking Caleb Williams or you know, with the recent, you know, success, are we going back to Justin? What do you guys think? Uh, can we punt and answer the question like in three weeks or four weeks, Ryan? Well, um, uh, yeah, listen, if they win eight games, the answer is yes. The answer is they're Yes, you're passing on Williams, yeah. yes. Or, yeah. or maybe any I mean, other quarterback at the top. Yeah, I mean... And you'll draft one Caleb, later. Caleb Williams, the next greatest thing in the world. What? He's a, he's can't fire, can't miss, can't... No, I, I mean, come know. on. No, no, no such thing as Has can't. anybody learned any lessons over the course of the last 20, 25 years? No such about thing. About quarterbacks can. that come out? Yeah. Now they're, they're all suspects. That said, he probably will still be the first player taken, whether that's by the Bears or somebody else. I'm not going to argue with you. Somebody right. has to be taken first. Right. And it might be Caleb Williams, but say he's some sort of can't-miss prospect. No. no. Start such all thing. over again. No you such start thing. all over again. Is that where you want to be? Do you want to start all over again? Well, the one advantage is, is obvious. What there is, is one advantage. What's the advantage? Go ahead and say it. The contract. The financial aspect. That's right. The, All right. The financial aspect. But the Bears aren't in horrific financial shape to where that becomes a problem for that. They're in good financial shape. Their financial shape is not an issue. The problem then is who do you hold on to eventually knowing that a younger quarterback might have to be eventually paid. So who do you sacrifice? Brisker? 
down the line when he needs to be Gordon, do you sacrifice? Who are you sacrificing? Tevin Jenkins? You sacrificing uh, your your tackle? Somebody gets sacrificed somewhere down the line. You mean with a younger quarterback who younger quarterback your eventually timeline? gets yeah. to it and eventually your timeline? Right, who gets right. sacrificed? Yeah. Somebody's always going to get sacrificed because you're going to pay guys, but somebody then sacrifices. Yeah. I made the statement two two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was right after Minnesota, that can he be as close to Lamar Jackson as possible? And if he can be, then can you create an offense to make the quarterback? Well, then I'd say better. yes. Yeah. Okay. That's all I ask. I would say yeah. And if you've got that guy, then you've got I, I, that guy. I don't guy. know that he's that guy, but if you do, then you, the I answer watched, is yes. I watched Lamar. I watched Odell I know, Beckham Jr. Pretty. Bail Lamar bail Jackson out, out time <laughs> he after bailed time. bailed him out. Well, especially on the touchdown. And then I saw Cole Komet not be able to bail his quarterback out either. Especially on the touchdown. Did you um, see Cole Komet not be able to get the over-the-shoulder the over catch in the flat? Yeah. That would have been a touchdown for Shouldn't him. Shouldn't that throw have been a little bit more towards the pylon? That, throw, that throw had to be made over the outstretched hand of a very tall defensive lineman that was coming in on a pass rush. Yeah. So you had to put the ball up in the air. I know. Right? Yeah. So what's the receiver got to do when the ball's in the air? Go He's got it. to go get it. He's got to go get it. Yeah, and you're, I know the play you're talking about, yeah, the Baltimore game, too. of course. Then Mooney on the sidelines, too. What do you think? Every throw is going to be perfect? He put the one left hand arm up and just kind of flailed at it. Turn your body around. Mm. Make some sort of adjustment. Have some spatial awareness. Chase is on the south side. What's up, Chase? No, what's up, man? How you feeling today? You feeling better? I'm getting there. Not not nearly 100%. He's playing hurt. He's we're, playing hurt We're today. getting there. What, what, what about you, Yerk? I, heard I you feel like a thousand percent. Yerko's always a you thousand know, percent. Thousand percent. You, you know who I blame this this coldness on? I blame it on Black and Abdallah. Why? They, they didn't they, do they, anything. They're, not, they're the hundred percent healthy. <laughs> these two. That's why. That's why. <laughs> but uh, the reason why I call is because um, now I was listening. You know, I've been listening to all these people talking about uh, what they should do with Eva Flutes and what they should do with Justin and. I just feel like, look, everybody just needs to just be patient and just let this whole season play out because there's no rush to rush into fixing it because everybody's right now under review. And I feel like we're if we're still saying at the end of the year that, oh, is he the guy or not, we're still having this conversation, then you you got to move on because we're – I'm just – it's like it has to be black or white. The problem is we're in a gray. It's either black or white or red and blue. It can't be gray or white. And I think that's the problem is that we don't know if we got the right coach. We don't know if we got the right quarterback. And if we're still having this conversation at January 12th or whenever the season ends, then we have to move on from both, all of above. Yeah, and you know it's, what I mean? Yeah, just, it, yeah, you it, got to let the season play out because nobody knows right now. This You just got to figure it out. And then at the end of the day, if, just, if the team wins out and they play well, then – more likely they're going to bring everybody back. If they flame out and they play terrible and they lose a lot of games the rest of the season, they're out of here. It's as simple as that. Yeah, outside of just what we think about it, and Chase thinks, uh, like they'll make their determination, and that's all that's going to matter. They can't be wishy-washy. Yeah, if they're wishy-washy, guess what? They're, they're changing things. They're moving on. Yeah. They're going to have to – they have to answer that for themselves. And – they're going to get to January and a little bit beyond, and they're going to have to determine 
Are we convinced on Justin or not? And if the answer is no up there, it doesn't matter what we think. Right, exactly. If the answer is no up there, then it's over. Then it's it's with because they're going to get that Carolina pick. It's probably going to be over. I want to talk more about that, too, and just the, the options that Justin playing well continues to provide. Something Yurko first talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. 312-332-3776 if you want to ring us up. Got a lot to still uh, get after during the 1 o'clock hour, including Justin Fields' press conference. We'll carry that live when it happens at about one we We're back in two minutes.